Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary Hall from Exodus and formerly from Slayer, and you're listening to The Razor's Edge. Jake from Going Off, thank you for um, thank you for joining us to um, have a chat right. about um, all things that are going on at the moment. Lots going on. Um, I just really wanted to kind of get a feel for as a starting point you guys as a creative unit um so your new album um it comes out on comes out tomorrow um officially um you've obviously got releases prior to this what was the kind of mindset of the band coming into when you started crafting this new set of tracks what did you want to achieve from this record compared to that would elevate you from The last one, destroy, destroy. The last was the last release. W- w- am I correct? Yeah. So we we recorded destroying. I think it was during lockdown. Um, obviously we'd we had one gig. Funnily enough, we had one show, and it was three years ago yesterday. And then we played one show, and then everything kind of went to went to pot. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was, it was it was it was through lockdown that we. Destroy was created, which kind of jammed it out a few times, and then we booked to record it. And then, not too long after that, our creative processes usually were quite efficient. Our guitarist Ben, who starts with the riffs, he gets bored of tunes very quickly, so he'll he'll quickly be like, "Right, I wrote that, I've recorded that. It's time to move on. I need to purge more." <laughs> I think he purges a lot of feelings through his writing. So. Um, Shortly after, Ben had written four more tunes, uh, and four of those tunes actually feature on the album. We uh, we jammed them uh, as a live demo, and they were really rough trackings, but it was just all live tracks. And then eventually, uh, we just kept working on new music. Originally, we weren't going to have these other four tracks on the album, and it was going to be like an EP, but we were like, oh, well, we might as well do demo, you know, studio versions of those four tracks uh and add them to these other tracks that we've made and we'll we'll make an album um so it was kind of decided that we had this new music and we had those four tracks that we needed to realize as studio versions and then we were like that can be our album you know that can be our first statement pieces here you go here's our first lp and uh, the creative process is always like i say quite fast it's usually ben and hef so that's our like uh rhythm guitarist who does a lot of the writing and our drummer they they jam out their ideas and then i get a very rubbish recording on a video yeah i get video audio and i start listening to that and i start writing along to the rhythms of that and then you know every time we meet up every time we jam they just get fleshed out more and more and then really our the last layer of it all gets created in the studio we lay down the foundations. I get the guys to come and start doing some vocals with me and explain to them what the songs mean. And then we start building like a soundscape on top of that as well. You know, like adding like guitar effects, adding samples, whatnot. Um, until it just became like this album, just until it became a full piece. Okay. Um, with regard to this album, what I got from listening to it was there was definitely a growth in in the band as a as a as a, as a writing um it mm-hmm. still it, you know it sounded like going off but there was you could tell there'd been a growth and elevation to it the difficulty yeah. side of things with underground music 
so any really anything is losing that under that that sense of being an underground band. Yeah. How do you create? How do you look to elevate yourselves as songwriters without losing essentially what makes music like this really special? Because, like from, yeah. a, from a personal point, I I'm now kind of really I've gone kind of the opposite way of a lot of older people who listen to music because a lot of people mm. kind of they'll be impressed by large you know big epic 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 things i'm not i literally yeah. listen to, i pretty much listen to hardcore death metal and underground hip-hop so that's kind of yeah. where I, that's where yeah. i kind of lay so i i really i like still having that special feeling of of underground music mm-hmm. how do you yeah. look to elevate your songwriting without losing what make and what makes it special yeah, I think I think our elevation has just come through us getting more comfortable as songwriters as a unit. You know, we we've been together now just over three years, and you know, with these three releases, each time we hit the studio, each time we flesh out these ideas that start as a riff, and then you know, it, everything gets added. Well, all the, the the thing that remains the same throughout is that we write these songs first and foremost as songs that we want to hear, and we write them. Ben will write riffs. And there'll be so much variation in what he's writing. And I think that's just because he listens to such an array of different music. And everyone in the band has such a big range, such a range of influences in, in their playing, in their music, like what, they, what they like to listen to, the hardcore bands that have influenced them over the years. And so I think what that means is that with, with us always just wanting to, first and foremost, write songs that we want to hear, we will never stop... We, we never seem to stop limiting ourselves to say, like, right, this is our sound now, or, you know, this is the sound that we need to be going for. It's more so like a song could be made of two or three riffs. And like, um, I think like songs like Premium Dream, there's some like new metal kind of sounding elements to it. And then there's other songs where they're just really fast and punky. And we just, we, you know, when when we get excited by listening back to the songs, that for us is what's like the most important thing. When we're all there and it's just like, we wrote these songs because we love the sound of them. And we like, we, it's stuff that we want to hear. And that keeps it exciting for us and it keeps it true to us. You know, we don't. And then in, in, in upon reflection, sometimes we listen back to a release and we're like, right, we actually prefer this song. And, you know, we're not even big fans of like some of our older songs. But at the time, we were just like, we wrote the songs, um, we stuck to it, and we just wrote them for ourselves. Uh, and I think, you know, even now, we have more music recorded and being tracked. and We find ourselves getting more and more excited by what we're writing. We, I feel like, you know, I'm still seeing growth, and I'm still seeing development. And that's, I think, just because we're getting more and more comfortable with our process. Um, the album title? The album title is a question, which is kind yeah. of, um, you know, you don't see that an awful lot. At least I don't. It's normally a statement. Yeah. Who's the question yeah. being asked to? And how does that question um, influence some of the lyrical um, topics on the record? I think the, the lyrical topics came before the question itself. And then I think, you know, again, with a lot of my lyrical topics, I did. I have come to kind of accept that going off for me is a platform for me to shout about the things that I either make me mad or make me tick. Uh, and I've always, uh, you know, especially through the album, I started to ask the band, you know, what is it you guys want me to be shouted about? Like, what is it that you want to get said? What is it that you, 
and then I think through that it's like I was asking the guys you know before I even thought the album name I'm like what is it that makes you tick and then I think through that it kind of what makes you tick when we landed on it when I landed on it kind of just made sense instantly I was just like that is what this band does for me you know all these songs are things that I think are something that's either personal to me or I think it's a subject that matters and should be voiced it almost should be loud about it and then through that I was just you know that's it then what makes you tick is a question that's asked for everybody it's to everybody what is it that you know what is it that makes you want to go off what is it that gets you worked up and it's because it's those things that make me get worked up and when I'm performing it's a catharsis for me you know mm. with um Again, go, <laughs> going back to the um, the recording and just the energy on the record. So you've mm. kind of captured the live energy of going off. Now, I've only seen you once, right? I saw yeah. you once in Nottingham. You walked off stage and I walked to your merch the, um, bench and I bought a CD. My girlfriend yes. walked, walked to the merch bench, bought a T-shirt and bought more online. So there's a, there's a, live, there's a live energy that was... Um, that get that there's a live energy that's definitely captured with what you do um on stage. Yeah. Um with the new record that's been you've mm-hmm. caught that, which is something yeah. that the a lot I remember I remember going back, I'm talking, I'm going back to what, maybe 15 odd years ago. I remember reading an, a review of a biohazard record. Mm. And they were talking, it was New World Disorder, and what they mentioned was that they captured the lot their energy of um of them live um, mm-hmm. on record, which they didn't do earlier. Now that statement's bollocks because as much yeah. as I like that album, uh, you know, Urban Discipline, State of the World Address, the first one, they had that energy to them. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really there. elevated the the end product to to capture that furious energy, which a lot of the times with hardcore, you you re- you only really get on you know in a live setting, which which is why it's mm-hmm. such a, a you know, an, an enjoyable, you know, experience to go to those kinds yeah, of shows yeah. because you've got the, you haven't got a separation of a massive bar- barrier. You haven't got the separation of the band being on a pedestal above the crowd, if you will. Yeah. How did you kind of look at um, encapsulating that within the, the the record, the recording process and the, just yeah. the product that came out? So the first two EPs, I mean, the first EP especially, was something that uh, we kind of tracked. The band recorded all at the same time. They played the instruments all together. So it was almost like a live track yeah. EP. And then I basically did a one vocal take. So in the first EP, what we captured there, which I think, again, when we released that, even though we had a very small audience, we got good response in it. And I think it was because it was it felt like raw and live. Yeah. And then... I know, I know for a fact that going off is a, our music and this band is best experienced live. I think that's what is, I think that's how it's best translated. But then to translate it to recording, Destroy kind of dipped back a bit because it was, um, we went to Studio 6 um, uh, in Swindon, I believe. And it was a bit more very polished. It was kind of brushed up. So, uh, and I, it was kind of me recording almost, line by line and the producer we were doing it with was kind of getting me to kind of track the lines very similarly and it kind of felt a bit robotic in the end yeah whereas when we when we went to noise boy studios where we record now uh, it's where we practice as well 
we did these four tracks as a live demo and then we went in to record the album and we said to Chris, we were like, we want to kind of keep the raw element as much as possible. We want it to sound like it could be, you know, something that's kind of tracked live but brushed up a bit. Um, and again, I think we did that because as much as it got edited, you know, and it's been mixed and mastered and stuff, when it was tracked, uh, Ben and Hef, Ben played the guide track with Hef, um they kind of played along with each other and then they went over and recorded the parts again kind of to like brush that up and i would lay down a one take vocal track as my foundation and then i would layer some bits or i would pull if i I didn't like a line i'd go back to it and i'd re you know revisit it but for the most part to try to get the performance because i feel like my vocals you know kind of fluctuate and I could try and get that raw aggression through doing one takes I, you know I want the breaths I want the desperation uh, and I think that's how it translates to the album it's just through our tra- the way we've tracked it we wanted to re- we, we made sure that we did try and capture that live element brilliant brilliant so I mean I take it you much obviously going from that you mentioned obviously almost robotic kind of recording process you had had on destroy that you found that mm. going back and kind of maybe merging the two together in in a way has kind of helped um, basically up the level, yeah. the energy on the record. Am I right in the way I've kind of understood? Exactly. That? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And and like I say, even now, like post album, now we're recording more music. The whole process is just getting smoother. You know, we recorded uh, what makes you tick. Uh, over, I think it was about a year ago now. And um, well, we were in the studio about a year ago, and then that's, now since that year has passed, and we're tracking now, it's even more clockwork. And we're having, I think, it's getting to the point where we're just kind of play, we're playing in the studio, and like we're having fun with uh, the process a lot more, and trying to be more experimental, and getting really comfortable with my, I'm more comfortable with my vocals as well, I think. Um, and it's Chris who we're recording with at Noise Boy. He's, he, I really am comfortable recording with him and he's a great guy. And, you know, when you're able to relax in the studio and kind of really enjoy the process, it makes it so much fun. And I think through that, we're getting, we're managing to track some stuff that's sounding really creative and really, really crazy. Awesome. Awesome. Um, the artwork. So the artworks, it stands out. Um, yeah. Whose idea was it? Who, which artist did you use, and what was the? Did you what did you set as a brief, if there was one? <laughs> there was, there was. Um, so like the idea came. To, the idea was, it was my idea. I um, I was sat at home one day, and I was like, right, I knew the name. What makes you tick? And we've already already had this idea of like a bomb, you know, going off or explosive live. And again, I didn't want to feed too much into this whole going off idea, but at the same time, it, it, it's quite accurate. So when and we've had the bomb logo, we've had a bomb in our logo for a while. And I was like, what makes you tick? And then I don't know, it was pretty much, I think it came quite instantly. I was like, what about the idea of people waiting in a waiting room, you know, and there's a clock on the wall and it's dead grimy and there's a guy with a bomb for a head and there's other bodies around the room sat there, but all their heads have exploded. I was like, what makes you tick? You know, it's like, and 
So that was my idea, first of all, and I drew this really bad sketch of it. And then I then I was tasked with it. It's like, right, you've got the idea now. Find the artist who's mad <laughs> enough to do it. Um, so we asked a few artists. I asked around a few until Hef uh, actually gave me the suggestion of a gentleman whose Instagram handle is Weaselface. And he, he he's done a lot of kind of like almost like skater punk kind of illustration mm-hmm. and designs. And he does tattooing. Uh, and we really wanted that kind of cartoony illustration in your face, colouring and design work, like artwork. Um, out of the few people who had turned down the idea and said it was too high concept. I sent him my sketch and he was like, yeah, I can work with that, you know. Um, And it wasn't long before he basically took what was a really basic stripped back idea and almost copied the same layout and it had like the same kind of thing, but it was in his, in his style Hmm. and turned it into the artwork that is there now. With obviously with, with doing it the way you did, because I've had it whenever I've um, used artists in the past for things, I've always, um, you know, I've given them an idea. They've come back to me with a concept sketch. And because obviously you've got that trust mm. with the artist, it's like, yeah, or no, or, or whatnot. Because you yeah, yeah. gave that concept to them that you had in your head. Was there, was it more nerve wracking doing it that way? Because you'd already had, you, you'd obviously sketched out an idea of, of how yeah. it to be in your, you've, so you've sketched it out. You've got it in your mind how it needs to look. Is there more of a nerve-wracking yeah. kind of um, excitement in, in seeing that come to life because you've had really a lot more to do with that creative process than than I've ever had, for example? So, Yeah, it was kind of – it was thrilling, really. It was because, you know, we, we at the end of the day, I, we, we pay this artist and you put a lot of trust in them, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is, he, he sent us progress. Like, we got the black and white sketch first of all and some of it was kind of really roughly penciled but in, it was one of those things where it's instantly all of any any worries or doubt was kind of like squashed because yeah. i could see that it was going to be something that was going to be fleshed out to something crazy to the point where when it came to the coloring and the colorway and we would just say do your thing and it's just like i trust you do what you think pops. And I think that was it. At the end of the day, we said that we want it to be colourful. We want it to be bright. We want it to stand out. Um, and we'd already picked him and his artwork because of those points. So we just fed it, fed into that as well. We were just like, hey, you know, you go wild. Uh, the only thing we ended, ever ended up changing was like, you know, can you move a logo here? Or can you um, get rid of this little blue blood pool puddle on the floor here it was some really minor changes other than that we basically got it was a super smooth process and it was super exciting awesome 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 um so church road are releasing the album um not necessarily okay i I need to i need to work out how to phrase this they're a they're a label that aren't they they don't stick with their guns on on particular style wise they've released everything and their musical knowledge is Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely top notch. Um, how do you uh-huh. find, how do you find working with them um, to help elevate you as a band? Because you could have gone with a strictly hardcore label, um, but you've gone with a label that's got vast yeah. musical knowledge. How how do you find that? How do you find yeah. that and the ideas that they bring to help elevate the release? It's incredible. Um, we we. Church Road was our top choice for for 
a long time. They were the guys that, above all else, uh, it was Hef. And, you know, it's quite a long time ago that Hef put us onto them as a, as a band. And, you, we, you know, obviously their name had circled around a lot already. And it, they are such an exciting label because of the variation. And I think going off, although, like, the music itself is, you know, aggressive hardcore, we've always been a, a band that's for everybody and, like, you know, we're for the freaks, like, and we're for the the different, and we um, we and we all love variation, uh, and so Church Road was always something that we were kind of pining for from the get go, uh, and so we ran with going for them. You know, I reached out to them first. We reached out to a few other labels, and thankfully, Justine and Sammy obviously enjoyed what they heard, and they'd already we'd already kind of like. Um, built a bit of a small relationship with them. They they, they stocked uh, some of our destroy seven inches okay. for us quite early on, and and um, I think we booked some of their bands to play Manchester, you know, some some of Church Road bands already. So we were we kind of already built this, you know, a, a friendship between us. Um, but yeah, we we um, we went for them because because of the exact reasons you say. You know, they 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 showcase such a an exceptional variety of uh, fantastic music. And we thought to ourselves, you know, we'd love to be Church Road's leg of hardcore. You know, we'd love to be another band that gets to showcase such variety, you know, and we're blessed to be a part of it. We really are. They have, um, they've done so much for us already, you know, Uh, even with this album coming out, um, we're really grateful to be working with them. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you're partway through a release, um, a release tour schedule. So you did last weekend, you did four shows. Um, this weekend, you've got three. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you found a, um, I assume that there, is there more newer material songs within the set that you would have been playing over the last 12 months? I know you said the album was written, but were you a bit mm. wary of playing new material because it can sometimes tame a crowd out in my in my experience if people aren't familiar yeah, yeah, no, material. Um, and kind of what are the plans further into the year for, for for obviously for more touring for you so music wise we for a while we were kind of like oh we can't play any album tunes until it's released because no one will know them but then as we were playing shows we quickly realized well at the end of the day Nobody really knows what songs we're playing anyway. No one specifically knows any certain songs. So we just kind of said, you know, forget it. Like we'll play, we'll we'll definitely, we've we've played some album tunes in this set for quite a while that haven't been released. You know, they'll get released tomorrow. (laughs) Um, But the thing is the crowd, the crowd response has been great. Uh, And I think that's because we know the energy of that. Some of those songs, some of them have really big moments that are for the crowd to go wild and um, the so we've been playing like some of these album tunes, like that like you say, the four shows of the weekend, and it's just crazy. Like it's some of the responses, some of the shows is just like it blows my it blows my mind. It makes me go even crazier. Like uh, I'm I'm running around like a maniac on stage. The crowd are running around like, ma- like maniacs. It's it's great. Uh, and considering some of the music is unheard, I feel I still feel like thankfully because of the. Um, because of the catchiness and like the simpleness, as you know, so sometimes like it's drawn back, like the riffs, the cake, the fork, the crowd to kind of move along to and enjoy. So the pace of a lot of these album songs 
was kind of accessible even without knowing the, the songs themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to play more of the album songs once the album's out and hopefully you know i've noticed since we've dropped singles some people have been shouting the words back to me and that's quite refreshing and so i hope as the album comes out more people learn more of the songs and the meanings behind them and i'll start seeing people shout those uh as to your second question um we're getting booked up we've got 2000 trees festival we've got manchester punk festival we've got um another manchester-based festival called 0161 which is an anti-fascist festival that have asked us to play. Um, and we're getting more weekenders booked up um, and just seeing what comes around, really. So far, we're, you know, we're being kept very busy. Um, I can only hope we get busier as well. Is there any parts of the, um, the UK specifically that you've not yet had a chance to visit and are kind of like quite eager to, to play in? Uh, Scotland, I'd love to go and play up in Scotland because we've not had the chance to really go and do any shows around there yet. Uh, and there is one gentleman on our Facebook that keeps reminding us that we've not been to Scotland. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I would like to go there. And because one of my old bands, uh, we did we did five dates around Scotland and it's beautiful to go around as well. And it was great. Other than that, um, because you've been kind of like, every, you see the name everywhere, like pretty much everywhere yeah. in the UK, like every, you, you'll see um, flyers for shows and your name's there. So it was kind of, yeah. is there anywhere that you've not tapped up yet that is, um, that's one that you're we've looking for? We've not done Birmingham, I don't think. And I know there's a good scene in Birmingham, but we're not really doing Birmingham. Um, Leeds, we played one show in Leeds before. Uh, so, but our next it's our next show in Leeds it will be our second show in Leeds, and that's the one with Gel uh, at Boom. So I'm excited for that because we've not, I'd, you know, we, I said we played Leeds once, but I'm excited to play Leeds again and, and, and to play at Boom because it's my first time playing at Boom as a venue. Um, you know, no, but yeah, we, we do try and get around. You know, it's like we only just went to Brighton for the first time on Friday, and I wanted to play Brighton for, for so, so long. And it was obviously, it's quite hard. Like, we're all, we all work, we're all very busy with work and sometimes driving down, say for one off shows, yeah. if it's a five, six hour drive is, is it's not, it's not feasible, but now that we're building weekenders and now that we know we're planning routes, we are starting to touch places we've not touched. But Scotland, Scotland, I think is the main one. I'd like to go up to Scotland, you know, and play a few shows around there. Brilliant. Brilliant. More just a couple of general questions, really just on, on your viewpoint towards um, how, really hardcore it is currently within the in the uk um what i've kind of noticed since the end of since lockdown eased um, now a couple of years ago is that things are going back to being a lot more there's a lot more of a mixture of bands playing together yeah whereas previously you you kind of got into a situation at least from this is personally my opinion you know it's not necessarily factual but you'd see a lot of like of like for like shows you'd have four bands who all did mm-hmm. the same thing which yeah. sometimes is great sometimes it can be a bit frustrating yeah i'm seeing less of it. i'm seeing less than that i'm seeing more and yeah. more kind of mixture of styles coming together and showcasing that you know yeah. there's more there's there's more to you know the actual individual Music. scene than how it breaks away um absolutely are you seeing, I mean, A, are you seeing the same? I mean, 
in Manchester, where it's always been um, more of a, it's always been one of the kind of like the main cities in the in the UK. Are you kind of getting a similar feel to it? And what's your mm-hmm. kind of views on how on how the state of the scene in the UK is at the moment? So UK hardcore is, is super exciting. Going off for me, you know, I was in metalcore bands before and I quite like a lot of black metal and like really heavy stuff. So to get into hardcore and hardcore punk, um, again, it's the same as like why we go for Church Road. It's the same as like we, we've been, our drummer Hef, he's been putting on shows in Manchester that going off have been playing. And we've, we've always been fans of mixed bills. Uh, there's, so much good music out there and it should it's not all you know like, as you were saying these bills where it's just bands that all kind of sound like they're supposed to be played together it gets you hear one band and you hear the next band you're not getting to experience a variety of like, what i say like emotions and like music you know we just this weekend we just did was is with a band called out of love and their sound is so entirely different to ours but we absolutely love playing shows with them because we love to watch them we love to listen to them and it's the same you know that's reciprocated with them and i think i think it's so much more uplifting to play and hear bands of all different walks of life and all different styles of music because we don't all just sit and listen to you know one specific style of music and i think you know it's great to see that live as well it's great to go to a show and like you know people love to mosh you know and i love seeing people mosh to us but it's nice to have a breather it's nice to kind of like be locked into you know something that's more ambient and or you know melodic and you know and it's go through those experiences i think that's what's exciting to me about shows you want to see the bands that have these cr- crazy energy and you want to see the bands that captivate you with the sound as well i think um I think it's so important to expose yourself and experience a variety of music because variety is the spice of life. Well said, well said. Um, <laughs> really, re- last thing, just want to say, is there anything that you further you want to um, to basically talk about? Anything that you want to want to say, just to um, to top top off the interview at all, please. No, just uh, thank you so much for asking me to come and do an interview with yourself. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Oh, uh, thank you for. Um, Thank you for being at the shows already, and I hope to hope to see you again in the future, man. It's uh, it's a really exciting time, and I, I'm 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 honoured to be given a platform to you know speak further into the band and dive into the mind of going off. Thanks for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with future episodes by subscribing to our channels. For more information on this podcast or for all the latest music news, reviews, interviews and more, head over to our website, www.therazorsedge.rocks.